Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 363, and I think I'm going to call it Six Ways I Still Struggle in my home. I hear from a lot of people who tell me that strangely, I mean, not strangely, I get it, but they feel like this is weird, that this is the thing that actually is most helpful to me. But I also understand feeling that it's weird, but also that it actually is helpful. Uh, they will tell me one of the things that helps me the most is finding out that this is a lifelong struggle. It feels like that shouldn't be encouraging, right? The reason why it's encouraging to discover or learn or accept that this is a lifelong struggle is that it doesn't mean when I struggle again that it didn't work, that I'm not better than I was before. I'm not cured, okay? Um, it's It's kind of the difference between I don't know. I don't know if I want to compare it to this because I'm not in any way saying that this compares. I'm just saying like, you know, versus a sickness that you get over versus a chronic condition that you deal with for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Like it's realizing, oh, okay, this is something that will always be a challenge for me. Okay. Knowing that it's a struggle. The reason people say that it's encouraging for them is that they realize, okay, then there's no failure. There's no moment of, well, that didn't work. Either there's no hope for me, or I just have to come up with a whole new way to do this, which is the way I used to think too, right? Like I would start to do okay for a while. I would see some improvement in my home. Life would happen. It would go back to being a disaster. And I would be like, well, oh, well, that didn't work. I'm going to come up with a whole new plan. Well, I would spend a lot of time working on those plans and uh, not actually working on my house. And anyway, knowing it's a struggle is encouraging. So the goal of this is this podcast today is not for you to be like, oh, that's bad news. So it's never going to be completely cured and going away. I mean, like, even though it feels like that's what you want, I want this to be encouraging because with all of these struggles, I'm going to say, and this is how I deal with it. Okay. But I do want you to know, I still struggle with a lot of the same things that I struggled with in the beginning. And now I know what to do. Like, but that doesn't mean it's not a struggle anymore. Okay. You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. 
Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers. No judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. All right, so seven ways that I struggle, six ways that I struggle. I think I had seven, and then I took one out because I didn't want to talk about it. (laughs) Anyway, okay, number one, I still struggle to do the dishes when life, work, whatever gets overwhelming. Like I have noticed this recently. As y'all know, this is sort of me plugging it right now, but as y'all know, I um, launched declutteringcoaches.com, right? Like it's it's my new thing that I launched and things are now kind of, you know, have a rhythm and everything. But there in the beginning, I was launching a huge project, something I'd wanted to do for a really long time. So it was, it was all consuming, right? Well, that's my personality anyway, right? Like I direct a play and I throw myself into it. I take on some big project. I throw myself into it. I write a book. I throw myself into it. You know, I mean, like that is a common personality trait that is lovely and endearing and adorable in all of us who struggle with this stuff, right? Like we tend to be project people. We tend to throw ourselves into projects. And I noticed myself a couple nights going to bed without the dishes done. And I was like, wait, Dana, you know better than that. And most every night I would be like, okay, Dana, you know better. But then there were other nights where it was only after I was in bed that I realized that I'd been like, I can't do that. I can't deal with that right now. Like that's the thing that automatically comes into my brain. I can't deal with that right now. I've got too much going on. I I can't deal with (laughs) dishes. Who has time for dishes, right? These thoughts still, still go through my head. And there are occasional nights where I go on to bed and it's not till I'm already laying there that I think, Oh, I never did the kitchen because it's just, and it's not a conscious, I am not going to do the dishes tonight. It is literally just a, I'm overwhelmed. And if it crosses my vision, I just, oh, whatever, you know, it's not important compared to the things I have to deal with right now. So I still struggle with that. Like it is still not robotically automatic the way that I assumed it would be to keep my dishes done. I thought it would be automatic. I thought surely after all these years and knowing and writing the books and telling people on my podcast that the dishes would just kind of get done. And yet that's not my reality. I have to notice it often makes me irritated that I have to do them. But I know from experience, first of all, that it doesn't take anywhere near the amount of time that I assumed it did, even if every dish is dirty, even if I missed last night, it's still not going to take as much time. Why? Because I can't get very far behind because we just don't have that many dishes because I've decluttered so many. So even when every single dish is dirty, which doesn't ever actually really truly happen because I'm, you know, I do them, I would say, I I do them every night, but when I miss a night, it's 
usually the next night that I'll do it. Okay. So I don't get as far behind as I did because I know the power of doing the dishes. I know that everything else in the house hinges on doing the dishes. I know that getting behind is going to make everything harder and is going to make even these project things that I want to do harder because I will have that weighing on me even if I don't realize that's what's weighing on me, right? So it is still not automatic. I still have to talk myself through it. I still have to often say, Dana, just do the dishes. Even if you don't get every countertop wiped down, even if there is still some groceries that need to be put away that are sitting on the counter that are not refrigerated, but you know what I mean? Like, even if that just run the dishwasher, just run the dishwasher, just, just to do that because I know the power of it. Okay. But I still have to talk myself through it. So that's something I still struggle with is when I'm overwhelmed with a lot of stuff going on, it is my natural tendency to be like, I don't have time to do dishes and I have to talk myself through it. And I have to do it anyway. Okay. So th- the struggle is that it's still not automatic. I still have to talk myself through it. The good news is that I can't even argue with myself on that. Like I know for a fact, because of all of these years of doing the dishes after all of those years of not doing the dishes, that it has power. It has huge power. It is so completely, totally worth my time. And also it's not going to be that much time because I can't argue with myself anymore. I know I've timed it. I've done it. Y'all, I know, I know. Anyway, so, but the automatic thoughts entering my brain of who has time for that? I don't have time to do dishes. That's the struggle. Do I wish that didn't enter my brain? Yes, of course I do, but it does. All right. Next struggle next way that I still struggle. I still have slob vision. I wish that I didn't. So the definition of slob vision, and whenever I say slob vision, I always want to be clear. This is a term that I came up with as I was just writing about what I was doing in my home and figuring out my own struggles. I don't put this term on other people because I don't, I don't call anyone else a slob. Like that's like, it is not part of the process that I want for you, for you to call yourself a slob. Like if you call yourself that, that is on you, you decide if you do that. It was actually helpful for me to identify that this is a legitimate struggle for me. This, my house consistently had been getting out of control my entire life. Like that's a legitimate struggle for me. It's actually part of how my brain works. So that, you know, I'd called myself a slob in the beginning, even though I had many times said, it's not like I'm a slob. Um, when it was anonymous and I was at rock bottom and I was trying and I'm glad that I did because it helped me, first of all, not pretend it wasn't that bad. Like there was no reason to not be honest when, first of all, it was anonymous and I had already called myself slob, which was a horrible word. And then also identifying that this is part of my identity. This is part of how my brain works. That was actually very helpful for me ongoing. Okay. So, um, so I'm not calling you a slob. I'm not saying you have slob vision, but what I refer to, what I'm talking about when I refer to slob vision is that I don't see incremental mess. Like I see perfectly clean, like, oh my word, it looks so good in here. And I see, oh my word, what happened? But I don't see the it happening. Okay. Now it's gotten a ton better because the less stuff that there is, then a surface that is clean 
I'm going to see and notice a few things out of place. Okay. But I still don't see the build. I see the perfect. And I see, I might see a few things out of place, but as it starts to, you know, if it gets a little bit past that, I don't see the build. I just see the, oh my word, what happened in here? Okay. And so I still feel that sense of betrayal (laughs) of my space getting messy again. The good news is that it's never as much stuff because I have decluttered so much stuff. The good news is it's generally trash and easy stuff. Trash being like actual trash that somehow just got left there. And easy stuff, meaning it already has an established home in the house. Why? Because I've established homes for things in the house by doing the decluttering process. Okay. So yes, things still get out of place. Yes, things sometimes catch me off guard when I realize, wait, I am so overwhelmed by this space. How did this get like this? And yet it's never as bad as it was. And the things are just out of place. They're not homeless items. They're not items without a place like it was before. Okay. Which made it so much more overwhelming. So now when I see that, I go, ah, I still have that same reaction of what happened. And then I'm like, oh, I know what to do. I'm going to grab a trash bag or a grocery sack or something to put trash in. And I'm going to walk through and I'm going to start with the trash. And then I do that and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. This looked like a big old huge mess that was over. It's not that bad. Okay. Now I know what I'm dealing with. And I'm just going to easy stuff. I'm just going to pick stuff up and put it away. Okay. So, and generally it, you know, can be done in a five minute pickup. But it's not that I don't still have that feeling of betrayal by my home getting out of control again, or looking out of control again. It's not out of control because I can get it back under control in a five minute pickup. Make sense? But I still experience that bewilderment ever over, ah, what happened? But then I take a deep breath and I go, I know what to do. And then I'm like, okay, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Make sense? Okay. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. 
fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep Dish's step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. I still feel very sentimental about some irrationally sentimental things. So this is actually a joke that we have in the Take Your House Back course. People like to ask me all the time, what about your headshots? So I had, um, I think I've shown them on the blog at some point, but I when I was graduating from college and I thought maybe I was going to, you know, like do acting at some point or whatever, I didn't, but I had gone to these auditions and we needed headshots. We needed like a bunch of headshots, which is like a picture of just your face, you know? And this friend of mine found this company that we can order 500 of them. And they already had your name printed at the bottom. And I was like, well, hello. And I remember ordering that and feeling so incredibly cool because, you know, we didn't have the internet. So I think I had to call and then like send the picture through the mail. And then they sent me these 500 pictures. Anyway, so I have this box. It's not a huge box, but it's about the size of a shoe box. And it probably has 473 <laughs> at the least, right, of my headshots in there. I don't even look like that anymore. I had a mole on my nose that I've had removed since then. Um, and I've added a few wrinkles, not on purpose, but it's happened. You know, I mean, like it doesn't even, I, I couldn't use this. I literally could not use these and yet I can't throw them away. And I, I don't feel bad about it because now I know the container concept means I can keep anything, but I can't keep everything. And so I have space for it and it's not taking up space that I need for something else. And so I'm like, eh, okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, like there's a lot of people who would teach you how to declutter and would be like, why do you have these? Well, I don't ask that question. Why? Right. I ask, where would I look for it first? Well, I'd look for it in this closet right here. Okay. There's room for it. I can keep it because you can keep anything. You just can't keep everything. Right. And so I have gotten rid of a whole lot of other stuff. And because I've gotten rid of so much other stuff, I can keep my headshots if I want to keep my headshots. Right. So sometimes people are like, Oh, have you gotten, you know, and and I'm saying people, I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about people who find out what I do for a living and make all these assumptions about what that must mean and what, how I must do things and blah, blah, blah. And they'll, you know, Oh, so you've, you don't have anything from blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh no, I've got it. No, I've, I've, you, you want to have conversations about 
I want to use the word crazy, but I feel like it's offensive in this situation, right? Like crazy things that people have kept. And I'm like, oh, I've got them. I can probably beat a lot of people on interesting, fascinating things that I have kept. So, but, but that's the thing. I now know if there's something that I really want to keep, I can totally keep it, but I can't keep everything. And so knowing that has helped me to see other things and realize, oh yeah, those things, those can go so that I can keep the things I want to keep, even if I can't explain why I want to keep it. But I know where I would look first for these headshots and I'm going to keep them. So knowing that about me, where's the struggle in it? Well, the struggle is that I still have irrational attachments to things. I have attachments to things that no one else in the world would or could understand. The way I deal with that is that I give it a real place in my home and it has to have an actual space that it's not stealing from something that is rational and we need for our actual life. Okay. So if it came down to Dana, you can't keep your kids birth certificates and passports and these headshots from 1995, then of course I would let the headshots go. Right. Like I, but I can look at it that way and say, I just have to give it a home. I can't have it be floating from space to space to space, constantly on the floor, constantly in a pile because I just can't get rid of it. No, I just say, where would I look for it first? And then I take it there now. Okay. And then if there's no room for it, then I'm going to let go of it. And then I'm, I've gotten rid of a lot of the things that at one time I was irrationally uh, attached to, but there's still stuff that I, want to keep. And I can, because I have a process that lets me feel those feelings. I am allowed to feel the feelings, but I also don't let the feelings be the deciding factor. Okay. I acknowledge the feelings. It's not an obvious duh donation. It's not obvious trash to me. Okay. I acknowledge that this is something that I feel like I want to have in my house but then I don't use those feelings to make the decision. Instead, I use the facts of where would I look for this first? And then is there space for it in that place? Okay. I'm kind of second guessing this podcast a little bit. Like, is it okay for me to be telling all of this to y'all? I mean, are y'all going to like stop listening? Because you're like, oh, bleh, bleh. as you know, Seinfeld said, good luck with all that. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. Y'all know which episode I'm talking about. I know random thing. I know a lot of y'all are Seinfeld people too. It's the one where Jerry like starts expressing all of his feelings and then he asks Elaine to marry him. And, um, anyway, and George is like, why are you expressing all your feelings? Cause he never expressed all his feelings. And then George is like, okay, I'm going to tell you my feelings now. And then, he expresses all his feelings and it like comes back to that shot. And that's when Jerry goes, yeah, good luck with all that. Yeah. I think he scared me straight. Um, yeah, I'm out. And then he's like, okay, no more feelings because, and then at the end, George says to Elaine, cause Jerry had asked Elaine to marry him when he was having all these feelings. And George says to Elaine, you know, I've always thought you and Jerry 
would be great together. And she goes, yeah, that's because you're an idiot anyway. And so we finally watched Seinfeld with my family. Oh, random story. I'm so sorry, y'all. Anyway, um, we finally watched, uh, you know, the episodes with all our kids. And when we got to that episode, my kids were like, you say so many of these lines all the time, mom. They're like, and they're all from this one episode. I say a lot of Seinfeld lines, but one of them is, yeah, good luck with all that. And then that's because you're an idiot. (laughs) Sorry. Mm. Not like I've ever said that to my children. I have, but it's just a line from a show. So it makes it okay. Right. Anyway. Um, what are some other things that I struggle with? Okay. Number four, I struggle with uh, replacing. It is still not automatic to me to one in one out. Like it does not occur to me until I see that the container needs space in it for the new thing. Like I wish it was automatic. I know that one in one out is the way to maintain decluttering progress. I teach it. I know it. I have experienced it. I use that strategy. But do I come home with a new pair of jeans and go, okay, if I'm going to put this in my closet, then I have to pick out some other thing that needs to leave in order to make the space for it. No, I don't. Like it doesn't naturally until I go to hang it up and I'm like, oh man, this is kind of, oh, that's right. One in, one out. Replacing is so important, y'all. I got a, which there will be a video about this next year, probably around this time, um, because I've already recorded all my videos for the year for YouTube uh, before my son left. But I got a new food processor for Christmas. I had specifically asked for it because my old one broke 22 years ago and I had been finagling it. I had been like having to do all these little tricks to get it to work for the last 20 something years. And I finally went, you know what? I think it's time to let this go. I think maybe it would be nice to have a food processor that I don't have to line up and push down in a certain place. Cause the thing about a food processor is, and that's something that like grates cheese, does slicing, all that kind of stuff. And I do use it pretty regularly enough that it deserves space in my cabinet. But this, this item, like it, for safety reasons, it has to, everything has to be like perfectly put into the right place so that this thing pushes on this thing so that it's safe for it to, to work. Otherwise it'll, you know, like hurt people because it's blades and stuff anyway. So it's, but the, the, whatever little safety mechanism broke literally probably a year after we got it as a wedding gift. And that would have been in 1999. Okay. So we've had it for a really long time, 20 something years. And even though, you know, it broke after a year and I was like, oh no. And then I figured out, okay, if I will hold it just right, it will still work. I've been doing that for 20 something years. So I got a new one. Oh, and then probably what sent me over the edge was it doesn't have, I lost the little piece that pushes the cheese down in there, that pushes the cheese down in there. And then, um, without that piece, I had to use like some other thing that was very, very dangerous. Like it was super duper dangerous. That's kind of what sent me over the edge. I probably could have kept doing the other thing, but I, so I got a new one. And when I got the new one, my first thought, I mean, my first thought was not to get rid of the old one. Like, even though I was 
had asked for it to replace the old one. It was not natural to me because I was like, well, but that old one, you know, I could still make it work. I can still do it. And I went, no, 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 Dana, you know, if you get a new item, I have to replace the old one. And this one needs to be replaced anyway. And then, then these thoughts of, well, maybe I should, you know, offer it um, on Facebook marketplace and just say, Hey, you have to hold it just right. And blah, blah, blah. And I went, no, no, because especially once that little safety thing is gone, that you have to use a wooden spoon or something to push the cheese down in there. And I will tell you, there might have been a time or two where I was like, Hey, everybody, just a little heads up. If you have splinters in your cheese, don't eat them. Um, I'm the best mom, y'all. I'm mom of the year. Anyway, but like that is, I went, wait a minute. It's not, it's really, really not safe. It's not just a trick to get it to work and still be safe. Like it's legit not safe anymore. I have got to throw this thing away, which is so incredibly painful. It, it, it just is. But replacing is not natural. And yet I know it has to be done. And so I talk myself through it. I get something and I'm, I go and I go to put it in the cabinet. I'm like, oh, that's right. There's the old one. Oh, that's right. I've got to get rid of the old one. And then when I have all these resistances to that, I say, Dana, my house is so much better now. And it's because everything has an actual place to be. There's space for different things. I don't have things that don't have space. And the only way I'm going to keep that up is if I get rid of the old one. But, but, but the old one's blue. Oh, well, sorry. There's no point in me having a new one if I'm also going to have the old one. So part of having a new one is getting rid of the old one. Like I have to talk myself through this. Number five, Uh, I still struggle with getting stuff out of the house. I, you know, one of the things I've said a lot lately, and I say this because it's the same thing I have to say to myself, is it is a valid use of decluttering energy to take whatever time is needed to get stuff out of the house. Like if, if I say, okay, I've got this Saturday and I can really make an impact on my house, but I've got boxes of stuff that need to be hauled off to the donation center. It is a valid use of my time to call and find out which place closest to me is accepting donations and what time they're open and to go. Even if that means that I didn't get to go and you know, do the decluttering process on whatever room or space or whatever that I was wanting to do. It is a valid use of my decluttering time. So I have to remind myself of that. That's one of the reasons why I tell people that, because that's something I have had to remind myself of. And I continually have to remind myself, Dana, you've got to get this stuff out of here. It is worth it to get it out. Now, how do I combat this struggle? Well, one of the biggest ways is that donatable donate box. Okay. Letting it be a final decision for something to go in a donate box means that even though I still struggle to get the donations out of the house and they sit there for too long, they're sitting there in that corner of the garage as things that have no other identity in my home other than donations left to go. Okay. They are not halfway made decisions. They are, it is ready to go at any moment so that when the opportunity comes up, when somebody 
is having a church garage sale or there's some reason to donate something to somebody or, oh, wait, I'm going to be going to such and such place. I know there's a, you know, a drive through Goodwill there and I'm going to go drop stuff off. It's always ready to go because I don't have anything to do first. They are in the donatable donate box ready to go. Okay. And then also I remind myself it is a valid use of my decluttering time to spend time taking this stuff to a donation place. Okay. All right. And number six, and this is one, this is actually the one that made me think of it because it's a Thursday as I'm recording this. And I had some feelings this morning and they're feelings that people ask me about a lot. And I, I help talk people through it. And I go, you know, I still experience these feelings and I have to use the same strategies that I tell other people for myself. Okay. And that is, I do still occasionally a lot less than I did before, but I do still sometimes experience resentment over my family doing or not doing certain things that I wish they would do or not, not do. Wait, what? Whatever. Okay. I experience resentment. Okay. So a lot of the questions that I get, basically anytime I speak, anytime, you know, whatever, there's always questions about, well, what about the other people in my house? They don't want to do this. They don't want to do that. And y'all know my standard answer, right? Or they hold on to stuff. I'm fine, but they hold on to stuff. My standard answer is focus on yourself first because you cannot control other people. Focus on your stuff and neutral stuff, make decisions, get those things out of the house. Your house will be better. It will just by doing that, you'll start to change your perspective and eventually not guaranteed, but eventually they'll get on board, right? Like they will at some point join in the fun of this decluttering stuff, right? Like their perspective on your house will change. Their perspective on their own stuff will change. They'll see you getting rid of things that they never thought you would get rid of, you know, so it's always focus on yourself because you're, you're the only one that you can change. Okay. That's my answer. When somebody feels resentment, that doesn't mean I never feel resentment. It does not mean that I'm like, Oh, (laughs) Oh, That is just adorable that my child left all these dishes here last night. Oh, that is so, oh, hubby didn't put the stuff away that I asked him to put away. So why Thursday morning? What does it have to do with anything? Well, y'all know that, um, I mean, if you don't know, this will be your time to find out. And welcome. It's been nice knowing you. Um, that I have somebody come and clean uh, every other Thursday, right? And I have expressed and explained till I was blue in the face to my family, and they know these things that she only comes to wipe down things and clean bathrooms and mop floors and vacuum and stuff like that. Like she doesn't come to pick up our house. It is our job to pick up our house. And this morning was a little extra because I had to be somewhere at nine o'clock and I went to yoga this morning 
Y'all should be proud of me. I'm very proud of myself. Um, but I went to yoga. So I didn't get home till 730. And so, and I wanted to drink my coffee and do my Bible study. So I basically had one hour to get the house where I wanted it to be for her to get here. Right. And I guess like 45 minutes. Anyway, um, it's a great thing for me to have that every two weeks. I've got to have every last single thing in my house put away, right? Like it's, it's very helpful for me to have that on the calendar, that thing scheduled. And yet who's the one who remembers it? It's me. And I sometimes don't think about it the night before to say, Hey, everybody, remember she's coming tomorrow. I need you to pick up all your stuff. I forgot to do it. Have ready to do a five minute pickup yesterday. Never even crossed my mind. Right. Like, and so, but I have those moments where I'm like, am I the only person who cares? Am I the only person who thinks about this? Blah, blah, blah. And then I remind myself, okay, first of all, it's so much better than it ever was before. Because let me tell you, back in the day, I always wished I could have somebody come and clean. And yet it was like, well, even if I could afford that, that would scare me to death, right? Because there'd be so much to do before she could ever do that. So the fact that I can do it all myself in 45 minutes, that's a big deal compared to the olden days, right? And I just remind myself the same thing. I'm like, it is worth it for me to go ahead and do what I can do and for me to use this feeling to remind myself to remind everybody else what to do. It's, this is worth it for me to remember, you know what, we need to make sure that we are staying on those five minute pickups so that we don't get in this situation again. Okay. But yeah, I feel the feelings. It's not that I don't feel the feelings, but I know from experience, those feelings are not what has changed my house. It is not helpful for me to get lost in those feelings. I have them, but I can't let them rule me because when I let those feelings rule me, then it makes me start thinking like, well, I just shouldn't, shouldn't do this either. And I'm like, I can't go there. I don't want to go there because I like my house to be nice. I, I like things to be, you know, looking really good on that one day every other week. I mean, like I, it is worth it to me. It is worth it to me to do what I need to do because I know what it is that I want to achieve. Where if I let the resentment build, it is just defeating, right? Like it doesn't, our house doesn't get any better. And then I remember that, well, it's, there's also as I'm picking up their stuff, I'm also like, well, there's my stuff here too. Like there's a lot of stuff here too. And it really, what makes them think that they should be doing a five minute pickup when I'm not doing a five minute pickup and thinking to do it. You know, I mean, like it, it, it's just the reality. I'm the one who sees it and who cares and I know what to do. Um, anyway, but I just, I just want to say like it, this is one of those, it made me think of doing this podcast, but it also is one of those where I, I just want to be really clear, okay, that I'm saying I still have these feelings, but I'm also saying these feelings are not helpful, right? And focusing on these feelings of frustration and wishing that other people would think this is as important as I think it is and remember when she's coming without me reminding them, wishing all of that 
is not what changed my home. Okay. Getting stuff out of my house changed my house, getting my own stuff and neutral stuff out then helped my whole family change our relationship with our house and with our stuff. And so even when nobody did anything to get ready for her to come, it's still not anywhere near. Well, it's, it's nothing compared to what it would have been on a random Thursday pre all of this, you know, so it was worth it when I did it. And it also is never helpful to just focus on what other people are doing and not doing. The only thing that I can control is what I do and don't do. Okay. All right. I hope that this has been helpful, (laughs) right? Um, To know that it's okay for you to still get frustrated. It's okay for you to still go, wait, have I really, do I really seriously still not see XYZ, whatever, you know, um, do I really still experience these feelings? Do I really still, still have attachment to things that no one else in the entire world would have an attachment to whatever? Um, yeah, because there's strategies and there's ways to deal with it and have your house still be under control and stay under control, stay perfect. No, I've got, I will never be the person to tell you how to do that, but stay under control where, oh, okay. I can get this you know, everything in 45 minutes, whatever, by myself with nobody helping. Um, all right. I hope this was helpful or encouraging, or you know what, maybe it'll just be one of those ones where you're like, yeah, no, I don't know why I ever listened to her podcast, but anyway, all right. Um, just wanted to remind you if you would like to be a patron of the show, you can go to Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash a slob comes clean and um, join us there. It's a really fun place to be. It is an amazing group of people and we all get the struggle. That's what I love so much about it. We all understand the struggle and we all understand that there are strategies to help us through the struggle and that just struggling is not failure. Yeah, that's the thing I want to say. Struggling does not equal failure. So don't get those two things confused. When you start to feel these feelings, don't let yourself think that these feelings are failure. These feelings are struggle. There are ways to manage the struggle. There's ways to get through the struggle. Struggling is not failure. See, I did say something profound finally. Anyway, um, and just don't forget that if you are interested in being a decluttering coach, or if you would like to find a decluttering coach, I now have declutteringcoaches.com. That is my website and they are trained in my no mess decluttering process and leading people through it. So I hope you'll join us there. All right. I will talk to you all next week. Bye.